Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Hello, hello, welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. You are listening to episode 171, Sensitivity Superpower with Dr. Karen Can. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes and make sure you use code witchy, W-I-C-T-H-Y for 20% off of your purchase. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 171, Sensitivity Superpower with Dr. Karen Can. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They are actually leading the way. And today, Dr. Karen Can is a doctor of light medicine and a number one international best-selling author, visionary, and pioneer in the fields of healing, consciousness, and spirituality. Her mission is to empower spiritually conscious people to harness their intuitive healing and manifesting superpowers so that they can reach their highest vibration and help anchor in a brand new reality of love, joy, peace, and harmony for us all. As the founder of Academy of Light Medicine, Dr. Karen teaches her students the three-step Topakan healing method, which provides aligning with source and divine wisdom, asking quality questions through divine muscle testing, and activating high vibrational healing frequencies. She is just like Yoda from Star Wars, training you to be a self-healing Jedi master. I love that last night line so much. Welcome to the show, Dr. Karen. Thank you so much, Lauren. You must be a Star Wars fan like I am. I am. I know. We've been catching up on the uh, Boba Fett series this past week. I don't know if you've seen any of the new stuff, but anyway, I digress. Not yet. Not yet. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. (laughs) I won't say anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So how did you, how did you get to this Jedi master level here from, you know, obviously being, uh, I'm assuming traditionally trained MD Mm -hmm. to now doctor of light medicine walk us through this this, i'm sure your own healing journey and process that led you to help people become their own self-healing jedi masters (laughs) yeah well you know i i definitely can say that i was padawan so i was really you know um making a lot of mistakes didn't even know you know what i was really doing but uh, i'm i would like to admit that I'm a recovering perfectionist. 
And uh, that did, uh, when I was not realizing that that was not a good thing, I did burn myself out in medicine. And um, I've always been really, really highly sensitive, sensitive to other people's emotions and very uh, empathetic. Um, and so I didn't realize that this degree of sensitivity was going to impact me as I was in a very, very stressful job. Like, you know, being a medical doctor, you are surrounded by people who are sick, who are stressed out. There's all these alarms going off and code blues and, you know, people dying. And, and you know, um, I still remember there was a 14-year-old who I took care of who had colon cancer from um, ulcerative colitis and she actually died. And so that was just so traumatic for me, you know, because I'd gotten to know her over the, the weeks and the months in the hospital and so this kind of weighed down and, and on on me being sensitive, and I didn't really know that that was impacting me spiritually and energetically. And um, over time, my body just kind of burnt out because I was trying to be a perfectionist. I was trying to be everything to everyone, and you know, trying to be the best daughter and the best wife and the best doctor. And and I ended up in jobs where I worked in an underserved area, so that was very stressful being the only doctor in the whole town. Uh, lots of paperwork. <laughs> Didn't like that part. Um, but I love my patients and they love me. And uh, you would think, wow, this is a match made in heaven. But I didn't really know about healthy boundaries. Um, and so I just kept giving, giving, giving until I had nothing left to give. And then um, I had all this pent up resentment for just overgiving um, that came out literally in my body. And I ended up with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, autoimmune disease, depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue, uh, oh, sorry, um, chronic uh, multiple allergies and uh, electromagnetic frequency allergies. It was just a huge list. And um, I was even suicidal. And as a medical doctor, we know how to kill ourselves without the insurance company knowing how we're doing it. So I went, I mean, it got that far where I was thinking, how can I kill myself? So my husband, then husband, he'd still get the insurance claim, you know? But uh, then I decided one night, uh, as I was sobbing myself to sleep yet again, that there was just a soft voice. It just sounded like my own voice, but it just was like in my head that kept saying, you have a choice. And then I kept arguing with it, you know, no, I don't. <laughs> I have to do this. You know, I have to save my marriage. I have to do this. I have to be everything to everyone. And, and this voice just was just really calm and just said, no, you have a choice. And so after some persistence, I was like, okay, well, what would I do if I had a choice? So then I made some difficult decisions, including one was, uh, you know, divorcing my then husband and um, realizing that I didn't know who I was at all. Uh, it was always about other people because I thought that's how you are a good person. You, you, you give to other people. And I learned through growing up as a Catholic, I can say I'm a recovering Catholic now too, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, they say it's better to give than to receive. So I just kept giving, 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 and not actually allowing people to give to me. So I wasn't receiving and then come to find out many, many decades later that, uh, you know, in the original Aramaic text, it's actually, it's better to be in the position to give than to have to be in the position to receive. So that's a, a distortion, you know, what we were taught in school, unfortunately. So yeah, so I burned myself out. And then once I made the commitment, though, that I was going to get better and do whatever it takes, I decided I was going to stop blaming everybody else, whether that be, you know, my patients, my mother, my husband or whoever, you know, uh, that I was so burnt out. Um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hundred percent responsible 
for my health and well-being. And that meant making these really difficult decisions and, um, you know, changing jobs, going on partial disability for a while and talk about having to receive. That was very humbling uh, as a medical doctor, you know, as a high achiever, as top 10% of the class having to, you know, take disability insurance, you know. Um, but that's what I really needed to do. And I don't, you know, what kind of dove into, you know, esoteric stuff, natural medicines, uh, um, learning about nutrition and supplements and energy healing and Reiki and EFT. And, and I just kept learning, learning, learning. So I turned what I was already good at, which was, you know, that curiosity and scientific mind. And I turned it towards, okay, how can I get better? And I just kept learning and learning until I, you know, figured things out. And within two years, I was, uh, you know, no longer had the fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. I was able to, you know, go back to work and actually even won a gold medal in figure skating for the USA and adult figure skating. <laughs> one of my first, uh, uh, you know, for one of my first international events. And uh, actually I only did two international events and the last one was 2019 and I won three medals. So um, in Paris singles and in ice dance. So it's just to say that, you know, we can heal. And this process of healing myself was so wonderful. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade any of that so-called negative experience because I've learned so much and I'm able to empathize even deeper with people that are struggling with these sorts of things, especially the highly sensitive people like, like me so that I can give them solutions and offer them alternatives to whatever they're already doing that isn't working. So that's kind of the, the story in a nutshell. And I'm you know, really excited and passionate to, to have people see their light and be able to heal themselves. Wow. And quite a story in a nutshell, indeed. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. That was beautiful. And I know that that was the main inspiration for me starting the show. And that's why my tagline for the show is, your body and your emotions are not in the way they're leading the way and they're leading the way to your best, most authentic self, who you Mm -hmm. really, really are. Um, And and so many of us think of our sensitivities as not as a superpower. Right. And I love that you have that word superpower right on your page. (laughs) It's great. I'm like, yeah, she gets it. You know, Uh it's it's exciting because yeah, we grew up um, as um, highly sensitive people, and, and this includes guys as well, and we are told, you know, grow thicker skin, stop being so sensitive. Why are you crying? It's only a commercial. Um, <laughs> you know, we can't watch the news. We can't watch certain films because we're like sitting in the corner going, ah, um, you know, maybe that's not me because I actually like horror films or used to. <laughs> um, and it's like we feel sometimes so alone and alienated because those around us don't really get us. They don't really understand us. And they, and they sometimes make fun of us. You know, I saw that growing up with my mom and her sensitivity and her intuition um, where, you know, she was labeled as paranoid and da, 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 um, and anxious. And yeah, she was paranoid sometimes. And yes, she was anxious sometimes. Um, However, you know, her superpowers were just on all the time, you know, and you don't even bother lying to her, right? Because I can't tell you how many times my brother hid stuff, my sister hid stuff. I just didn't bother because I just knew she would not. You know, so <laughs> well, most of the time I didn't bother because uh, you know she was just so intuitive. But because I saw her uh, getting all this criticism, I didn't want it. So I tried to hide it and tried to be strong, you know, and and tried to have thick skin. And but you know, the work that you do is really important because our true selves, even if, you know, other people might think are is weakness is actually a strength. 
our ability to tune in and empathize. And uh, it's, it's the only thing, may I say, the only thing that's actually going to save our world and planet. Amen. You may say that for sure. And (laughs) I I forget the exact cheesy quote, but you know, if you want to heal the world, heal yourself first. And it's the same thing. That's the theme of your story as well is, you know, having the boundaries, but finding out who you really are, because when you can do that, it's a beautiful ripple effect effect. You're a shining example of that. This podcast is a shining example of that because I want to I want to use this as a vehicle to spread the ripple of more people to more people, and it, it you know nice. that in itself is its own vibration helps yes. lift up individually and collectively. And I always say this at the end of the show. I'll say it now: if you guys like this, anything you listen to, share it. This episode, share it. If you're thinking about somebody throughout an episode send it to them. There's a reason why these things are coming up and something as little as a podcast episode can change your life. I've had plenty intuitive hits through books I've seen or think clips I've heard, you know, intuition and spirit and the universe speaks to us and how, any way that it can get to you. That's right. I agree. <laughs> and even movies, even movies that yes. people would think are negative movies. There's sometimes a gem you know, in there that if the person is not reading the books or the podcast or doing any of the so-called, you know, good, healthy things that some of us have, you know, gotten used to doing, uh, the universe will still show them, yeah. whether it be in a magazine or someone talking about something. Yeah, it's it's amazing how we are actually supported and not alone. Completely. And I wanted to start talking, because you wrote a whole book about this, your, your sensitivity superpower. Could you tell us a little bit more about the book. And I would love to dive deeper into this topic because I know if you're listening to this episode, chances are <laughs> you have sensitivity to superpower as well. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so this is the this is the book. It's Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And um, it's divided into three sections. Um, the first section is called Being. And that is really um, helping uh, a person. And you don't necessarily have to be sensitive to read the book because all of us have superpowers. It's a matter of, do you want to train them or do you want them to like, you know, (laughs) rile you around and be out of control? Most of us who are highly sensitive would much rather those sensitivities be used for our benefit rather than for our detriment. Because a lot of people think it's a curse, but it's actually a superpower. So we first start with being, and we can do a little exercise a little bit later, just as an example of of how one of the ways that you can get into that state of being where you are truly vibrating at your core guru self, if you will. Um, And then the second part is um, sensing. So the sensing is, you know, that intuition part. How can we use our intuition for good? How can we use our superpowers for good rather than have them control us? Um, And that also um, includes, you know, clearing energetically what isn't ours because we are so sensitive. Sometimes we can feel things, not just physically around us. Sometimes we think of something and we feel it. For example, I had a young person who I used to see in the office uh, as a medical doctor. She was 13 at the time. And now she's, you know, um, a very high elite uh, athlete. 
And uh, she's probably 20, 21 right now. Um, and she was going through this really down period and she DM'd me on Instagram. And um, she said, I'm, you know, I, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling really down lately. And I said, hey, have you read my book? <laughs> because, you know, working with you, you're a highly sensitive person. And if you don't know how to clear the energies that aren't yours or get into this, you know, being space, uh, people call it stillness as well, but it's not your traditional way of getting into stillness. Um, you know, I think you really need those skill sets. And given that she's an elite athlete, you know, she was like, she'll do whatever it takes, you know? So she, she got the book and she just read it like, she said it was the fastest book she ever read. She was like, Oh, so you're the one that taught me muscle testing. I forgot who taught me that. (laughs) And just realizing that a lot of the stuff, that negativity, that depression, that anxiety that she was feeling was not her stuff. Um, and just doing some of the exercises in there, some of the clearing exercises was enough to completely lift it. Like she com- felt completely different. Um, and she said, this book is so great. I'm going to give it to my girlfriend, you know, who's going through something similar. So, you know, it's not rocket science, but it's not something that we learn growing up. So that sensing stage, we can have, you know, we can do like telepathy. There's a chapter on transformational telepathy. So that's where, in simple terms, is where we can, um, if we have a conflict with someone in our lives, we can actually shift that negativity in that relationship by doing this method. Um, And it's very, very simple. Um, And there's some advanced versions of it as well, but really is like almost like talking to them. Well, that's the advanced, sorry. The level one is uh, just writing down 10 things you appreciate about the person and really feeling that appreciation and love. And I can't tell you how many times it's gotten me out of a pickle. When, when there's been a misunderstanding and someone's just mad at me or I'm upset at them for something and I'm like, I need to do transpersonal telepathy, but I really want to be mad right now. <laughs> but then I'll settle down. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. So I'll start thinking about the person and um, I'll start writing down things that I appreciate about them. And as I write them down, I feel it and I go, oh, and this one, oh yeah, and this and this. And so I'm, I'm highlighting all the things I do like about that person. And invariably, sometimes within 24 hours, there is a complete turnaround uh, on their end. Now, we always tell people you can't change other people. But (laughs) when we change our frequency and vibration, their response to us naturally tends to change. Now, we say to do it for 30 days straight, and there's instructions step by step in the book. uh, But I can't tell you how many times it's helped. I've had patients where, you know, they got a court case. Uh, coming up and uh, they won that court case or or they um, didn't have to go to court, you know, because we did this with their ex-husband who was angry and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, There's all really neat things. And if you have a child or a friend or family member that is having a hard time, this is one of the best things that you can do, even if you're not physically near them, is just to every day for 30 days straight, just keep writing 10 things you appreciate about them, 10 things you appreciate about them and feel that appreciation. And they will feel that on an energetic level. It's like a little packet of love every day being delivered. And so that's, you know, some of the things we talk about in the book. There's other skill sets too. In the third half, uh, sorry, the third, latter third of the book is the creating. So we have being, sensing, creating. The creating is really about um, creating what it is you want to see in the outer 3D world. So we teach you weather magic how to create the weather you want. I can't tell you how many times we have saved someone's wedding. (laughs) Uh, And and not only that, their home, because we commonly will move hurricanes, change the direction 
uh, or dissipate them uh, entirely. Now, we don't get permission necessarily from Gaia or Source or whoever we want to say to, to move all hurricanes. But uh, in our little light medicine community, um, if someone is in trouble and they have weather, you know, weather coming down, um, we teach them how to do the weather magic or they follow the instructions in the book. Uh, and then we help them do that as well. So more of us together, like, for example, I don't know if you remember, but uh, a while back, a few years ago, uh, Australia was having some pretty wild, you know, wild uh, fires. Right. So uh, we have some friends in Australia. And, uh, you know, somebody said, can we do something about Australia? I said, okay, we're on it, right? And somebody else quipped in the comments, hey, we're having a deluge of rain in Jakarta, so can you please move it? Because <laughs> we're getting flooding. And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea, right? So we just imagine, and there's like, again, step-by-step in the book how we did it, but we just imagined, you know, all that rain in Jakarta just going, you know, uh, on Australia. Yeah, I wasn't really sure in the bush whether that was really going to work, but couldn't hurt to try, Right. So, uh, yeah, within 24 hours, it started raining. Yep. And Jakarta just dried up again in 24, 48 hours. They dried up. Australia, you know, it started raining. Uh, we've, ch- you know, changed wildfires, you know, with my, my sister's actually uh, part of the emergency uh, services for, um, you know, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. So <laughs> when there are forest fires there, I get a hint and I'm like, okay, I'm working on it. Because they were just, they were packed and ready to evacuate. Okay, it was that serious. So I'm like, okay, being the angels, we're on it, right? And so we do our thing. And sure enough, you know, it starts clouding over, starts raining, the, the, the dust, literally the dust settles and they're good to go. So it's amazing how powerful we are. So for your listeners who may be sensitive and feeling they wish they weren't, I'm like, it's like saying you have Harry Potter's wand and you don't want it. Really? You have so much power. Really? You just need to know how to use it. You just need training. That's that's it. And uh, maybe it's not overnight, but some of these things you can do very simply. We even have, you know, some training on doing remote healing. Uh, um, we use a doll. Uh, we call it... Um, uh, 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 healing by proxy prop. So the prop is the proxy and you do hands-on healing on the prop to heal your loved one. And of course, please get permission. We also do a little bit of, um, let's see, what do we, oh, traffic magic, traffic magic, bubble magic, (laughs) Uh, intuitive impressioning where we can tune in to our future realities and feel into which choice is better for us, choice one or choice two. So again, step-by-step and and doing all these things. So it's it's super fun. And we actually have a live event, uh, which is this book in person, or as of last year, you know, it was on Zoom, uh, where we get to experience it. And we do a little bit of telekinesis and different things, just so people can practice these things in, in real time, you know, with, with me as their guide. So it's super fun. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love how there's so many fun, powerful exercises and thing in magic that you can implement in everyday life. And I think for me, you know, if you believe that you create your reality, because we do, I have to ask myself, where does that belief fall short? Where, where am I coming up against myself? Where do I think I'm not manifesting and fun things like changing the weather. Sometimes it's more serious, obviously with bushfires. Um, is a way to to practice and, and to learn to trust in yourself, in that power, in your divine creator being self. Yes. So 
Yeah, that is exactly. So and that and that's one of the reasons I like teaching it to children, right? Because yeah. if they can influence the weather and see that what they did made a difference, what else can they do? So it yeah. opens up their minds of, wow, if I can do that, what else can I do? Right. And um, it, it's it's, uh, you know, it yes, it's great to be able to change the weather. But at the same time, if we just even open up that belief that you're talking about, that maybe it is possible that can change our whole life, our whole paradigm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you about this process and this meditation that you do. We talked off air. It, you know, you have trouble meditating or mostly because you're a busy lady, just like myself. Um, So could you walk us through this short little process of how to kind of tune in and, and be present? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I I was, you know, hearing when I was healing my fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, I went to these uh, personal transformation classes with my Reiki teacher and she would do Reiki on me and we would learn about Reiki and I was really into psychic powers and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she would say to me, well, you know, Karen, be really helpful if you meditated every day, even just for 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> So I would try and uh, I'd probably give up uh, about day three because I got busy. And then I was like, oh, so I'm and and part of it, honestly, was because I looked at some of my friends um, and I looked at their lives and the quality of their lives. And those that meditated didn't actually have an even better life than I did. I know that sounds really mean to say, but. You know, I was like, well, okay, so so so-and-so meditates two hours a day. This person meditates an hour a day. This person meditates 30 minutes a day. And um, I don't see where that's getting you. (laughs) I mean, I was just so analytical, right? That medical, you know, left brain was just like, well, prove it to me. Prove that it does something, right? Because I wanted, I was so into doing. And my, the same teacher said, well, Karen, it's more about who you are being rather than what you are doing. And I didn't get that for probably over a decade after she said that to me, but it always stuck in my mind. What does she mean? So um, I tried and tried and tried to do this meditation. And yeah, I would like a guided meditation. I think, oh, I really like this one, right? But I would play it again and I get bored. I get bored and I was like, yeah, I know what he's going to say next, right? And then I'd be thinking about something else, thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner, right? And I was just felt like a failure. Honestly, I, I didn't want, I didn't like feeling like a failure. So I just didn't try um, and then one day, um, I was, uh, watching a scary movie and, uh, couldn't, couldn't actually fall asleep for three days because <laughs> I kept seeing the scenes in my mind over and over again. And I tried, you know, I tried self-reiki, I tried, you know, relaxation, I tried meditation, I tried, uh, Kundalini yoga. I mean, I tried everything and it just didn't work. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. So years go by. And then the sequel to that scary movie shows up. Yeah. And my husband's like, uh, I don't think you should watch that. And I'm like, but I want to see what happens. And he goes, okay, I guess we'll be up all night. Right. So I end up watching and of course I'm scared out of my mind, but it does resolve. Um, and, and I thought, okay, here we go again. Okay. I, you know, and I just thought, you know, I'm just not going to try anything. And I, so I'm laying in bed and completely scared. And I've got this, you know, ghosty thing, you know, in my head thinking and seeing her move. And it was really scary. And then I just had this thought. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be scared. I'm just going to freaking be scared. So I tuned into my body and was like, well, what are you, what's it feel like to be scared? And OMG, like, like a light switch. Suddenly 
I felt like my heart was like this and there's energy going down my arms and legs. Like I had like caffeine or adrenaline, like just, and I was like, whoa, I did not feel that a minute ago. Isn't that interesting? And I just kept observing just like all the movement in my body, all this, like, I thought I was shaking the bed. Okay. My heart was pumping so bad. <laughs> my husband's sleeping. I'm like, is he, can you feel this? You know, I was shaking the bed and um, you know what? I fell asleep in 10 minutes. <laughs> because I was paying attention to my body. And so that gave me the hint of like, wow, I could do this instead. Right. And, but you know what? I, I didn't get the message. <laughs> no, it was years later. <laughs> I found out another method through Dr. Frank Kinslow, the Kinslow system is quantum entrainment technique. And in his technique, I came to the same place. I was feeling the energy in my body. So I was like, Oh, that's easy. I can do that. And What's really awesome and changed my life, Dr. Frank says, you don't have to sit there for 30 minutes. You don't even have to sit there for 10 minutes. You don't have to sit there for five minutes. You can do this walking. You can do this talking. You can do this at any time. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) So all I got to do is, my shortcut was just feel the body. So all I had to do was feel some movement in my body. And then I'm there, like I'm there right now. I'm like, that's it. So as I started practicing that, I noticed my life started to change. Things started becoming easier. Money started to come in easier. Um, problems were resolved faster. And in that space of just feeling my energy, then uh, if I had a question, I didn't know what to do, somehow a picture dropped in, you know, or, or a word dropped in, um, or it just felt like doing something. Didn't know why I felt like doing it, but I just did it. And that was the solution. So I was like, oh, that's how guidance comes in. When your mind stops and you're just in the body. So this process we're going to do right now is called stillness through observing internal movements or stoem for short, as my students and I like to say, so stone for short. And uh, for, you know, brand new people, beginners, even, you know, advanced meditators, we kind of introduce it all the same way. And like I said, the instructions are also in chapter four in my book. So we start by moving the body just to move energy or in Chinese medicine, chi, you know, move in the body. Um, so the first thing we do is just move it first and you can rub your hands, you can shake, or you can jump up and down or dance a little bit, you know, in the future, you don't have to do that, but just move, 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 and then just close your eyes. For, not, for now, and just feel the body. Just focus on the inside of the body. See if you can feel any movement. Now, right now, I feel a lot of movement in my hands, and it's kind of spreading to the arms, and even in the torso and even in the head. So different people will feel different things. And you might even notice that there's less movement in one side of the body than the other. And it's all okay. You don't have to judge it. So we feel the inside of the body, focus on that, and then we just follow the flow. And oftentimes the movement gets subtler and subtler, but we just keep looking for it. Where is it? And sometimes we can feel it shift when we pay attention to certain areas of our body. It doesn't have to, but all we're doing is focusing, feeling, and following the flow. And when you take it, when you give your mind something to do, so we're telling the mind to go and you know, be aware of this and follow it. Then what happens is all your energy comes to the present moment and see if you can do that with your eyes open. Now, see if you can feel the energy in the body with your eyes open. So now you have a distraction, a visual distraction, but we're still focusing almost like two things at once, um, which even takes your mind a little bit more like attention to be able to feel in the body while you have your eyes open. So what I realized is that's it. 
that's it. You feel your body and that's it. That's the meditation. So when people get really practiced at this, they can do it for one second at a time, one minute, three minutes. You know, uh, I am now practicing uh, if I'm watching like a scary, you know, TV show or something that's really exciting, lots of action. I will literally go into Stellum to practice, to be present. The funny thing is it's actually less entertaining that way, but, (laughs) um, but you know, it's, it's, for example, I had a phone call with my parents and uh, they were, let's say they weren't going to do what I wanted them to do. And they thought I was going to be upset. Okay. So they were trying to, def- to be defensive and they were saying, well, I don't think you're going to be happy about this, Karen, blah, 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 blah. Right. And in the past, I would start to get riled up and think, okay, what's coming. And I would get stiff and, you know, this time I thought, oh, I'm going to do stone. So they're talking on the phone and I'm feeling my energy in the body, just reacting to what they're saying. I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> you know, and I'm just observing it, not, not, you know, judging it. Right. But I felt mentally and emotionally completely calm and because they were so shocked that I wasn't upset, but I was like, just feeling the energy in my body. And I was like, Ooh, this is good for all possible negative emotions. So I started doing it for when I'm upset about something, what does it feel like in the body, you know, or some unfortunate event happens or I'm sad or something like that. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. We just don't want to stay in our body. Right. So when I go into stone and then oftentimes I'll just explore in that area and just feel, feel, feel. And then oftentimes it just dissipates on its own. I think back to that situation and I don't have any charge at all. So we have, you know, that's stolen for negative emotions and we have a little bit of a, a little extra training there in, in the book. So that's it. So you can let me know. I know you're you're trying to focus on me as, as well as do it, but let me know what that was like for you, Lauren. Oh, I love it. I mean, I, I for years I've had that practice just to, um, yeah, get, get, get um, present, but or into the quantum, whatever you call it, the void. It, 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 it's yeah. the zero point field. Zero that's point exactly field. where you yeah. go. And for me, the way that I visualized it, it was a sensing in my body, but I would go internal to go external in in the sense that I would focus in, you know, my heart center or just sometimes just in my abdomen, I would just go there, feel there, let it encompass me. And then that's like zero point feel that I'm there. And that it's just being present because in the quantum field, quantum theory, everybody's we talk a lot about it here. The, it's just being in the present where all possibilities exist. That's all it exactly. is. I didn't really understand what my teacher had said many, many years yeah. ago about being present. Like I read Eckhart Tolle. I read, you know, all these books, but I, I got it intellectually, but I just didn't really get it. And also yeah. some of the teachings were very masculine coming from a guy. So I didn't get it. Like, I was like, be present, be present. Okay. Am I supposed to like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to like focus on a candle flame or, you know, like, you know, John Kabat-Zinn who I've, I've taught at the Omega Institute and he, for some reason, I'm always there when he's there, but um, so he's like, you know, has this humongous, you know, group and they're all outside doing mindfulness walking. So they're walking barefoot on the grass like zombies. Okay. <laughs> so my husband's like, what are they doing? They look like zombies. I'm like, they're doing mindfulness walking. Right. Yeah. And the critical mind years ago, when I first saw him there and I was there, I was like, I'm not paying money to do that. <laughs> I can do that at home. You know, of course I'm, I'm kidding, but you know, oh, yeah, yeah. that's kind of my thought back then. What, you know, I didn't have respect for that, but um, yeah, I just, I just didn't get any other techniques. So 
I think it's whatever works, right? So people try my technique and give it a go and they're like, yeah, I don't really like it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, find something, you know, that works for you. But this works for us sensitive people. We're already feeling so much. We might as well just feel ourselves. Be fully present. All of our energy circuits back here and anything that isn't us actually starts to just fade away. It's actually a nice little trick, if you will, uh, to oh control your sensitivity superpowers. Yeah, and I think the um, the PhD level of that is I love doing these kind of things in a bathtub with Epsom salt or magnesium oh, yeah. in there. And that's just for me, the bathtub is a very healing place, especially being sensitive water, mm-hmm. salt water in yeah, particular. It's so healing. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. And, you know, I mean, sometimes we can, can do that. And, and it's a beautiful way to, you know, clear energies as well, you know, magnesium, Himalayan crystal salt, you know, it's really great to be in a bath. Water is very healing and clearing. And other times, you know, people need a, a way of doing it just when they're on the go exactly. and uh, whatever you're doing, you could be in the shopping mall, you could be talking to your brother, you could, you know, and just tune in to your body in that moment. Uh, and over time it accumulates. And uh, in fact, in my book, I mentioned this, uh, I've noticed as I do a lot of, um, or, or uh, you know, group healing and one-on-one healings in the past, that uh, when people would reach a stillness level of nine to 10% of their waking time, so nine to 10% of the time they're feeling their energy in their body, then um, it, it's like this, this hump <laughs> that people go through that there's like this automatic healing of their lives in many different ways. And that's really fascinating to me. Um, how that can happen. In fact, when I was testing people, like we do divine muscle testing and we'll test say, you know, their, how happy their uh, detoxification systems are, for example, we'll check their liver and their kidneys and ureters and lungs and skin, et cetera. And uh, what I notice is when we, uh, when I'm in stoem and we have them in stoem, when I'm checking these organs and glands, they keep getting better, 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 better as I'm checking them. And one time I thought this is this is kind of weird because normally they kind of go up and down, you know, but what was happening is because we were both in that stillness zero point field, as we were paying attention to whatever organ we were testing, they were all getting better on its own without actually doing topical healing, <laughs> which is fascinating. So that stoem is a way in which you can tune in to that auto healing state and, um, you know, it was inconvenient as far as being able to test accurately. <laughs> so I actually had to ask the universe to give me the number that it was at a certain time. So if we started at five, say 5 p.m., I would say as of 5 p.m., how happy was the liver? How happy was the kidney? You know, because we'd have that cut in time before we started, you know, going into stillness. Because once we started going to stillness, all the numbers started changing. Wow. And that that's like, like I said earlier I mentioned the divine creator beings that we are and that makes me think of um speaking of quantum stuff um the double slit experiment the power of the observer is you know I've talked about it before but just that down here but just you know the atoms in this experiment were just kind of floating around in space but it wasn't until the scientists came in they actually moved there they were endless possibilities, if you will, until the observer was there moving the matter. And that's the same thing, in my opinion, that that's what made me think of your experiment, if you will. 
<laughs> yeah, whatever that that you you really hit it on the the how what is it the, the head of the nail head, head of the nail. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes my English as a second language you can tell because I I'm not very good at these idioms sometimes. Um, it's it's like um, you know whatever we pull put our attention on is what we are creating or changing or you know, transmuting. Um, and even in our healing, the modality that I teach the Topican healing method, um, that's really important because as we ask questions about certain things, we're actually putting attention on that thing. And that automatically starts healing that thing. If we're in that space of stillness and the zero point field. Um, so awareness and attention is, is paramount. And these days, you know, you can just think of someone and, and many people have done that, right? They just think of someone and that person calls. <laughs> or they feel connected. And so in some ways, it's probably a good thing that we are mindful of how we're feeling or thinking, you know, about things. So if, if there's a politician that somebody doesn't like, the best thing you can do is send love, you know, because uh, you're not going to get your way by pushing negative energy there. Cause that's exactly what we're doing when we're thinking about that person. And we're thinking negative thoughts about them is we get more resistance. So if we really want our politicians, for example, wild example, um, and we want them to do something that is good for the people, we need to actually send them love. It doesn't mean you love what they're doing at the moment, you know, um, whether it be, you know, bribes or whatever, okay, but that they need our love more than anybody, right? So, and that's the really great thing about us sensitive people is we can tune into that very quickly, you know, that love frequency, that empathy, right? We can tune in and go, why would that person do this negative thing and be able to feel, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. They had this happen. They had this happen. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of this. Okay. Can I be empathetic to what they're afraid of, even though maybe it's not my stuff, but yeah, I can be empathetic to that. So then, you know, it's, it's like being in that love space and just being in the zero point field automatically elevates uh, and expands your love bubble, if you will. And it's a wonderful way to be around people because you automatically, you know, connect them with that love. Mm -hmm. And that's who we really are. And experiencing other emotions like sadness, anger, resentment, that's, that's okay too. For me, it's allowing myself to say I, I'm experiencing these feelings, having experiencing of this and, and to take a look at what, I sometimes I write down my emotions at the end of every day and see what themes there are. What emotions am I paying more attention to? Because we can clear that, whether it's ours or somebody else's. And we have a choice to, like you said, what we focus on grows. So being aware, that awareness of what we're actually focusing on every day, it's a habit. It's an addiction. We're, we're really drug addicts at the end of the day to our own emotions at times. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, one last thing I had to add is I heard this story about Mother Teresa years ago. And um, this one, I forget who it was, someone was trying to get her to come to this anti-war rally, um, probably in the 90s. And, and she politely declined because she said, if you have a rally for love, I'll be there. I'm not going to go anywhere where there's this hatred or anti against something. Yes. And that yes. so beautifully illustrates what you resist persist. 
in any situation. And politician is a great example of that. (laughs) Right. There's, there's a lot of people, well-meaning people for sure. And, And I was there before where people are fighting, right? We're fighting for our freedom. We're fighting for this. We're fighting for that. But unfortunately, as one uh, teacher that I'm listening to right now, Kenneth Scott, um, and and he says, go to peace. So go to peace says you give up fighting. It doesn't mean you're passive. It doesn't mean you let someone step all over you. No, 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 no. But going to peace is going to peace within first. And we know on the quantum level, when that happens, reality changes, right? And, you know, amazing things can happen. And sometimes you don't even know what they're going to be. So I am really making a conscious effort to take the word fighting or fight out of my language. It's a little tricky because it is like an addiction. And here's the thing. Kenneth says that, um, he says, if you fight, you lose because it's their game and it's a game of war. So whenever we're at war with something or going against something, that resistance builds. Because like you said, what we focus on grows, right? So if we go to peace, it's really, really different. You end up empowering yourself and disempowering those energies that otherwise would trap you in that fighting. So I do slightly cringe sometimes, you know, when people say we're fighting for this and we're fighting for that. And I'm like, yeah, actually we don't have to fight. We don't have to fight. So let's, let's change our language. Let's say, let's celebrate this, right? Let's celebrate our freedom or let's celebrate our sovereignty, you know? So let's let go of the fight because the fight is how we get trapped. And like I said, we don't want to play that game. Amen. And and to me, mm-hmm. that just sounds like law of attraction right there. It, yeah. And, it, and it, it's what it is. And I think, you know, a lot of people who might be aware of law of attraction and are really upset about what's going on in the world right now, maybe take a second. And I think I even posted on my uh, social media today is just because you get offended about something, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean that you're right. And so would you rather be happy or right you can still have those boundaries but just choose that peace where what's what is making you feel less at peace or less freedom mm-hmm. and, and and take yeah. a deep dive there and, and for me it's you know the external world is just a representation of what's going on inside right and we here we are co-creating what we're seeing outdoors as a collective yeah you know, and maybe we don't necessarily have control over what everybody else is thinking or being aware of. <laughs> However, we do have control of our own reactions. Yeah. So our perceptions of our reality and how we navigate through sometimes challenging, difficult times can be very, very different from someone with the exact same so-called outside reality. You know, one person would be at peace And one person would be either at war or stressed out or just, you know, can't sleep. I can't tell you how many, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this on this radio show, but uh, how many people were like, you know, when Donald Trump won uh, the president the first time, uh, you know, we had to heal our friends of mine, colleagues that said, I haven't been able to sleep since then because they didn't like him. Right. And I don't love the guy, you know, Um, but I was like, really? I said, look, and I, you know, I really said, in private, I said, look, you have a big job to do. You are a professional healer. Okay. If you don't have, you know, some management here of your own emotions and you can't sleep because you're so upset, what does that say? Right? Like you need to model the behavior 
that we want everybody else to have. You have higher levels of responsibility. So get over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get over same it. here. Yep. <laughs> Felt the same exact way on that one. It, it was, I think, and, and even the coin has turned in different directions since the last election. But to, to me, it goes to show you can't let one person or external circumstances dictate your own reaction or emotional response like you are responsible yes 100 yeah we're responsible for our responses and i like um you know teacher eldon taylor phd uh he has uh, some new york times number one best-selling books including choices and illusions one of the things he says in his books that i absolutely love is i can't wait to see what good comes out of this yeah <laughs> so you know i might have like you know, I was in a parking lot one time and, you know, somebody had backed into the rental car and there's a dent, right? And I go down there and my husband's not that pleased about that. And the security guard is just like, just bending over backwards. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry this happened. And, you know, he's thinking I'm going to be upset and yelling at him, whatever. And I'm like, it's all right. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can't wait to see what good comes out of it. And it, just having that attitude perception, even though I don't know what it's going to be, I mean, it was perfect because it was exactly what happened. I called, it was a Sunday, I called the guy who is like our insurance agent. I said, I'm so, I, I can't find the other number, but I'm so sorry to call you at home. Uh, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do about this. Like, does my insurance cover it? And he goes, oh yeah, no problem. We'll take care of it. Da, 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 da. Right. And I'm so grateful. So I'm now in the place of gratitude. And he says, by the way, I've been meaning to call you. You know, my daughter is having some difficulty, and we'd really like you to see her in the office. And and now that you're now that you've called, uh, I I think we really need to make an appointment for her. So that was like the universe helping us to get together, right? And and I did help her, and and so uh, I was like, oh, thank you, universe. So it's no big deal. Yeah, it's inconvenient. Sometimes things happen. We can't control. Anytime we want to control our lives or even blame ourselves for it not being perfect, we're actually in a place of scarcity and anti-abundance. anti <laughs> So if we can just shift our perceptions to, well, I don't know what good's come out of it. I don't really like it at the moment, but let's see what happens, you know, and just be curious about it. That is a, a great neutral space to be in. And that really helps us you know, be able to hone our superpowers because you're not overly controlled by your emotions where you can't connect. Um, and when you're in that zero point field, oh my gosh, it's it's uh, so much better to be able to navigate from that space. Oh, I love that. And for me, a good example of like what to do in those moments is that practice we just did, tuning into your body. And um, I also think of it opening my own focus. And I had a quick story. My my friend friend and I we went on. A, we were going to a meditation retreat together, actually, in Mexico. We get to the hotel, and the guy's like, "Oh, we got your bags. Don't worry." And we're like, "Oh, so fancy! Get a fresh glass of juice, you know, squeezed juice." And we're all just living it up. And we turn, and the bus from the airport has our bags on it, and is driving out of the resort in Mexico. So we're like. All right, we talked to the manager. They're calling the shuttle bus. They're going to the hotel next door. Like, they're like, it's fine. We'll come get it. And we're like, all right. So we open our focus and I turn around in the middle of the hotel lobby. They have free massages. So we go over, get a 15 minute massage, book a discounted rate 
because we did that. And as soon as we get done, our bags are right there, ready to go. And it's a silly little example, but it was just like, all right, we're not going to let this stress us out. This is, this is a test, if you will. I think of it, not not a test in a bad way, but like, oh, I wonder what's going to unfold just like you said, Karen, but in a different way, like, all right, how can I internally manage my energy, my emotions? Like it's, um, choice. Right. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, I being a, um, you know, a recovering perfectionist and high achiever, um, I kind of like tests. I'm kind of like Hermione Granger and Harry Potter, right? We get upset when there's no exams. Um, <laughs> cause I want to show off anyway. Uh, yeah. So I call them abundance challenges. So yeah. anything that isn't what we prefer or expect, uh, which other people will call an obstacle, you know, I, I just call it an abundance challenge, meaning that as soon as I remember <laughs> who I am, you know, I go, Ooh, 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 this is a test and I'm going to pass this thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So we really step back and, and choose how do I want to how do I want to feel? How do I want to act? Maybe I need a pause. Maybe I need to, if I need to vent, I'll go outside and talk to my angels outside and, and have my little five minute vent, you know, and then come back in and go now, you know, now I'm going to stillness. What am I going to do? Um, and it's amazing because as we go through these little tests, the universe doesn't do this for us to, to be down on us or to punish us. No, it's, it's really there to evolve us to the next level. So when you have an abundance challenge, just know that means you are worthy of going to the next level. So if you have that perception or reperceive, you know, these challenges as, ooh, 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 okay, going to the next level. I know this is uh, not very comfortable right now. Okay, I'm going to pass this test. <laughs> then it, it makes life really actually kind of fun. It's a game. It's a game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a game. Um, uh, I said, Laura's something shoveled shit. There's a book literally called The Game of Life. It's a short read from beginning of 1900s, maybe 1920s. It's a great read. You guys should read that. Um, anyway, Karen, it's been a lovely time talking with you. We have been talking over 50 minutes now, which is awesome. Let me just keep going for for next three days. Let's do it. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to kind of wrap up before we start to close out the show today? Um, No, not, not really. um, Other than just, you know, take that, um, you know, the stillness through observing internal movement, you know, try it out, um, try it for a minute at a time. You know, don't feel like you have to get really good at it or worry about like, am I doing it right? You know, we do have a light medicine community. You can look us up on Facebook. Um, we are going to, you know, move one of our communities off of Facebook uh, into another private area. Um, so, you know, we can speak freely, if you will. <laughs> and um, but, you know, if you get on the mailing list, um, we can definitely, you know, um, connect with the, with the tribe. And these are all highly sensitive people, loving people who really want peace in the world, who are there and they know they're there to help produce that peace and that joy and that harmony for the whole world. So just want to say to your listeners, you're not alone. If you happen to, you know, need some support and um, are interested in, in this kind of, you know, sensitivity and turning it into a superpower, then you're in the right place. And yep, you can get a copy of my book uh, on my website, karencan.com. And we have a thousand dollars worth of gifts there actually. So if you buy the book and just uh, write in your uh, receipt number, or you can buy it straight from me as an ebook, uh, then you get to a special page, a uh, special secret page 
where it has a lot of, um, you know, MP3s and meditations and minor tend, tend to be healing MP3. So it's not really a guided meditation per se, but it's actually uh, a clearing or a healing. So as you listen to it, you get healed uh, in that whatever we we're working on that day. So um, it's kind of fun. So people that are kind of into energy healing or light medicine, then it's probably for you and would love to connect. So thank you, Lauren, for the opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for this time and holding this space together today and that beautiful book. I'm sure more to come later, more books, book babies later. But thank you so much for coming here today. How may we, the as the listeners, as an act of gratitude, um, be of service for you in return today, Karen? Thank you so much for asking. Um, my passion is to make the biggest impact possible in the world. At this point in time, it's uh, ever more important for all of us to be or be able to resonate in that frequency of peace. So the more that are in that frequency, the more we can manifest that in the world. So one of the things is just you know sharing this podcast uh, with other people and getting a copy of the book. Um, and um, you know if you love it, if you you know, enjoy the the bonuses, things like that, then, you know, sharing that book, just like my young, you know, 20, 20 something year old um, shared the book with her best friend because she got the benefit of it. And uh, as we spread the word, as people learn to connect to the zero point field and stillness and know that it doesn't cost tons of money, you know, to, to be in that space and to, to help you manifest more of what you want and, what, and less of what you don't want, we are really, uh, we're already succeeding, but it, it'll be even faster uh, manifesting that ideal future future reality of hope, love, you know, harmony and peace for all on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally agree. And the cool thing about quantum is that that reality is already here. Yeah. You just have to tune into it. Absolutely. That's it. Thank you so much, Karen, for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you, Lauren, for having me. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.